My name is Emily Stralo, and my book is The Wild Birds, a novel. And hi, my name is Sylvia Varange. My recently published book is Two Breaths, One Step, Hiking Across the Himalayas. Emily, it's just a delight to have the opportunity to speak with you today, and I'm so fascinated and inspired by your work. Could you share with me some of what started you on your process towards creating this book? Likewise, Sylvia, it's a pleasure to be here. The process of writing The Wild Birds um, began with short vignettes that I was writing down in a notebook or in several notebooks in the field as I was doing uh, field biology over about a span of 10 years. Um, Mm. So it started out as vignettes. um, And at some point, those characters took on life and became more of a narrative that compelled me to write it all down. Um, So yeah, it was based initially off of the observations that I was having in the field. And then um, after a while, the sort of characters came to be in in the fictional realm. Well, that's quite intriguing because they span quite a, um, across generations in time. So you you really uh, created them from the present, so to speak. Right. When there's this thing, there's this occurrence. A lot of my work was in the desert Southwest and just the West in general. And But in the desert specifically, you come across objects because they don't break down as readily. Um, there's a lot of detritus. And so I would be out in the middle of nowhere um, and I would find an object And often I would start to sort of wonder about that object and how, who it had belonged to and what its purpose had been before it became this sort of broken down piece of desert junk. (laughs) And (laughs) so in that way, I started thinking about, you know, the connection that people have to each other through objects. Mm -hmm. And Sylvia, yours is a memoir, correct? Yes, it's an adventure memoir. It's and it's already so exciting. I've just started it, and um, and I'm am enjoying it immensely. And I'm wondering how you chose as you were collecting your your narratives, or in order for them. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Well, that's that's a fascinating question. Um, you know, it it <laughs> the thing first thing that comes to mind. I really can't be more specific is that it really just arose. Um, uh, this this is my first published book, and what I found quite fascinating, I, I don't know if you had this experience, but as I was writing, I mean, the whole thing became so alive. i was I was there, and I was re-experiencing all of it um, to a great deal, which really surprised me. I mean, I'm, you know, sitting at my desk writing, but I wasn't here. I uh, I really was reliving the entire experience. And in terms of, um, you know, there's the story um, in terms of sequential events and how they happen day to day, since it is over a span of about three months. But then I I certainly was inspired to... To include, because as I was doing the journey, my mind was, I had a great deal of time to myself and to think and reflect and experience. And so there were other areas that um, 
I would think of um, that definitely had strong connections, whether it was something from my childhood, something from the uh, cultural experience I was experiencing or some cultural experience in my own background. And those just seem to um, resonate with certain parts of the book. So rather than a just straightforward documentary, so to speak, uh, it includes the other aspects, as you know, the, the cultural and, and um, somewhat uh, experiences of my own my own life. And um, frankly, really it, was, yeah, it, was, I, it was a joy I, to include all that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed as I was reading it, that there was this sort of, um, you would, you would start, you started out with the snowstorm, for instance, and then, um, and then there was a little bit of the backstory, or sort of thinking about what came before. And I felt like I was in a way on a hike with you and then sitting down and pausing and thinking. And I really liked that you included that at the beginning too, because it almost set the tone for me as someone who also loves to hike. <laughs> hike well, every that, day. That's um, a, good, a good point. It, it definitely did set the tone and the, the tone that I wanted to set. Good. And it was, it was so dramatic I, I did put it right there in the beginning and then I wanted to lead the readers into that space right it was it was it was successful for me as a reader I enjoyed that well thank you we we both share such a, a passion for um well myself the fauna and the flora the wildlife um I mean just in terms of my the visual what I see and not not in terms of a scientist but I I'm always passionate about that so it's it's wonderful to share that with you. Yeah. Um, another question I had for you was, um, what did you study? It said mentioned that you went to school in Oregon, where I'm from. I noticed that. And I was actually born in Eugene, where University well, I, is. I wondered that, too, because I wanted to ask you. It said born in the Willamette Valley. Yeah, I was born in Eugene, and I wondered... Um, what you studied? Well, I don't know if you you know Emily, but um, I did go to the University of Oregon in Eugene, and I have a great love. I mean, part of my heart's there. I, I absolutely love love the Northwest, in particular Eugene. I lived there many years. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> that's just that's just splendid. And in fact, this um, one of the major characters in the book is uh, was an acquaintance, and later became more of an acquaintance in terms of experiencing this journey, but um, was an acquaintance from Bend, which I started, uh, and there's quite a, 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 there's a section in the book on that um, because it, it comes in prominent, just kind of very circuitous route uh, to my childhood. But uh, anyway, he I used to go to Bend, Oregon, uh, starting when I, I lived in Eugene because I'm, I'm a passionate skier, and so I'd go over there to, to Mount Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, I know that I've skied it. Um, oh. And this was the character. This was the character of Paul. Yes, that's right. That's right. right. Um, I can share a, a fascinating story, kind of behind this story, um, which which I do mention a, a little bit in the book. But it, it's just so I don't know. I think so unique. And I, uh, the story behind the story is that I was hiking in Patagonia in southern um, Argentina and Chile uh, a few years back. And uh, actually, the mountains there aren't near as high as the Himalayas, 
but they are incredibly striking. Uh, they're very commanding. They command your attention. And I was there for a month hiking pretty much all day, every day, uh, which meant I was, again, having a lot of time alone, a time to reflect. And I was surprised to find myself thinking a lot about the Himalayas and my journey there, which really I don't think about much since it, it was quite some time ago. And uh, again, it became very real with the the smells, the sights. And um, so I was thinking so much about it. And when I returned home, I just started writing, not really thinking about a book, but just writing about some of those um, memories and um, pictures that were in my mind and smells and all that. And uh, then about a month after I was home, I was in a bookstore, a local bookstore here, buying a cup of coffee. And I turned and uh, about 20 feet from me, 30 feet was the magazine rack. And I, I really don't read any magazines. I don't have any subscriptions. It's not something I do. Uh, but this one caught my attention. And uh, I got my cup of coffee and then I went over and it turned out to be a copy of Ski Magazine. And I'm a very passionate skier, but like I said, I don't I don't read magazines. And you know how on the cover of a magazine they have the blurb about certain articles inside. Well, on this one it said, "Why retire when you can have the coolest job at 89 patrolling?" And <laughs> it, <laughs> it meant ski patrolling, of course. <laughs> And at 89 years old. So I opened the magazine and there is a full blown photo and article on this person, Paul, that I've named him, that I um, started this hike with in the Himalayas, who I had not spoken with or seen in over 30 years. That's so wild. It's very wild. So I, 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 I scratched out a quick note to him, which of course did not get to him because I didn't really have an address. It was just his name and the the little town. Uh, but uh, when I got it back, I put a little more research into it, sent it off again. And four days later, he called and invited me out uh, for a week of skiing, which I knew I had to get on right away since he was just approaching 90. That's so wonderful. <laughs> I firmly believe that there's something about the sort of the interconnectedness, which is a major theme of my novel, but like the the serendipity of events happening while you're writing something. This, this happened to me several times in the process of writing the book where I would write a scene that had very specific details. Like, for instance, there is, spoiler alert, a, um, a wolf dog that attacks a pet duck in my book mm -hmm. and doesn't kill it. But then literally the next day after I wrote that scene, my favorite chicken was killed by a half wolf dog in our backyard. Oh um, my goodness. <laughs> and it was so strange. And I mean, I'd never seen this dog before. He'd never been, uh, and it was in, you know, it was in front of me. And I thought, well, this is powerful. And this means that I have to keep going, writing this thing. <laughs> wow. And, exactly, exactly. And I love it. I've, I've come to embrace, and there were about four or five more incidents as I was writing that, that happened. Um, and I, I think that that's part of tapping into some sort of larger human story as you write. Um, I think you're absolutely correct. Exactly. 
Exactly. I'm also a fine artist. I'm a painter. And sometimes I um, see something in my mind that I haven't seen in the real world. And I, in the years ago, I used to think, well, you know, I don't really, because I'm I'm somewhat realistic. It's not, it's not abstract work. And I think, well, you know, I don't know. I, I really didn't see that. That's, you know, that I don't know, whatever it is, a green sky or something rather unusual. And I think, well, I, I, I don't know about that. And then inevitably I have found within like a week, like you said, a, a few days, I see what, what it was. It's so I've, I've stopped, um, what's the right word, uh, censoring what I do because everything I create, it, it exists out there. <laughs> That's wonderful. I mean, you have to trust that sort of inclination right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. I mean, there were times when I was writing the book and this would happen where I started, it would make, it would give me pause and I would think, oh, I don't know if I should keep going. Um, Am I writing the future? (laughs) At some point, (laughs) do I have some sort of strange ability that I didn't know about? And then at some point I realized, no, 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 no. This is just what happens. And in talking in conversation with other writers who the same thing happens to it, um, I think you're just getting at something central when that happens. Yes, yes. And I love it. I live for it now. Yeah, you tap into it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm quite intrigued uh, how you how you balance everything. Your your writing is um, <laughs> it just seems amazing with everything you're doing. Um, yes, yes. So sometimes it is difficult, um, for sure. I write. Uh, is that so? Yeah. Like I would love to hear about your 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 writing life too, and your sort of um, schedules, or, or maybe that's not a very exciting term but like (laughs) uh, you know your habits your writing habits because I think it's always interesting um like for instance I usually use nap time for my toddler to write and it's a sort of a precious two-hour window during the day wow two hours that's great yeah he he, well not today though (laughs) um (laughs) but I so I usually, I know it's coming, and so I prepare mentally for what I'm going to write down during that two hours. And um, I find that I'm more productive if I have less time. You know, does that make sense? Yes, yes, and I, I'm sure it really helps to mental, what you said, mentally prepare so you have some, um, you're kind of in that sink when you get there. Right. And so like currently I work in the morning at doing, I get up early and I do these bird surveys um, around town. And so I get have sort of time to, in the back of my mind, start thinking about what I'm going to do later. Um, I've just become a multitasker. And <laughs> I guess, I'm, yeah, the world of multitasking is real. Um how about you? Do you have a daily practice or do you? No, I'm afraid I, I'm going to say everything you're probably not supposed to say. <laughs> do it. Do it. Um, I, first of all, I'm not a multitasker. I, I just not capable of doing that. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. I'm, I, I really, really focus. And um, so I'm either in something or I'm not in it. And um, 
You know, I have, it's just, I'm just kind of laughing because I've tried over the years to have all sorts of schedules. You know, I hear, you know, oh, one should get up real early and, you know, write X number of words or X number of pages, or they need to do this or that. I think I've tried it all because um, I'm a very disciplined person and uh, it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> what works for me is I just, same with painting, I just do it. And I don't worry about it anymore because I realize that I'm incredibly productive. I'm prolific. An awful lot gets done. So I've, um, I just don't worry about it anymore and things get created and, um, it works. So I don't, I don't have a recipe. I know that sounds very vague. No, very not at all. I am not a very disciplined person. So I just take advantage, but, um, I just have so little time to write so that when I do get the moments, I have like pounce, I'm ready. You know? But I, yeah, I think you hit something very important though, because um, I definitely am thinking about it uh, so that when I do write, I'm not just going there and then having to kind of quote, get into it or think about what's next. It really helps out tremendously to, um, when I leave off a writing session or a painting set, whatever it is, I have some, I know where I'm going to go next, or at least if I know something's stuck, I, I know I'm going to go in somewhere else. I just know that um, it's like I don't have to, uh, it leaves me a space to walk back into, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that, that makes yeah. a huge difference. That makes sense to me. Do you ever, do you find that your painting like your and your other creative endeavors play into your writing at all? Do they connect? Oh, they absolutely connect because I'm very, very visual. So when I'm writing, I'm seeing, um, you know, some people are more audio and I, I'm not hearing. I'm seeing uh, whatever it is. I'm seeing the mountains or I'm feeling, um, even feeling the, the, the temperature, but I'm, I'm constantly seeing in my mind. And so I can paint what I'm seeing or I can write what I'm seeing, which is actually sometimes incredibly frustrating because I can see something in my mind and then I'm looking at this blank piece of paper and sometimes I joke and think, you know, maybe I should just blindfold myself because I don't like looking at the blank piece of paper when I can see it so clearly in my mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. And you, find have that, you have that experience? Yes. And I find that I... I I, writing for me tends to be a little bit of like a trance-like state. Like I, I sort of go, I, everything blurs, like my hearing and my eyes even. And, and sometimes I try to sort of experience whatever sensory thing is going on in my brain and just find the right word for it. And that's all, isn't that the, the hardest part? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. The words, I mean, they carry so much with them. Right, right. And so sometimes um, as I'm reading poetry in particular, I'll think, I'll listen to how words have weight in my experience of the poem. And I absorb those those moments and I sort of study them and I think, okay, so what is it about a word on a in a line suddenly having weight 
and meaning for you, the reader. And so I guess that's that's the thing that I'm working on right now is finding how to use the word in the most weighty way. That's fascinating. I, I just last night when I did this reading, uh, afterwards, um, someone came up to me and they did just what you, they picked a particular word I used, which I didn't. And they just said, oh, my gosh, I just love that word. And they started using it. I, for whatever reason, it evoked a lot of um, strong emotions in them. And I, I just thought, well, isn't that interesting that they just resonated with that particular word? I've never had someone just pinpoint a word like you're saying. Yeah. And I I think studying the way, you know, looking at your own successes as a writer and the the times that people point out to you like this was significant to me. And I have people pointing out certain lines from my book a lot. And I think, okay, so those were sort of the lines that hooked into the universal experience of X, right? Right. And so I've, I've started looking for it in, in my reading life too. Like what, what are the successful moments and why? Anyway, and now I feel like yeah. I'm getting like literature class a little bit but <laughs> yeah no, no that's part of it. exactly like when I read I, I I it's you know I guess in a way you're studying how the crafts of others and it's uh I, I'm a voracious reader and I I love that and I love finding words I don't know I'm one of those people that just you know I want to go look up a new word when I find it yeah I feel like when I'm writing when I'm writing fiction it behooves me to to read poetry for some reason more than other fiction. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do both. I do. I definitely do. Both. I'm always doing or I'm trying anyway. My Although lately, um, putting out a book means that you don't get as much time to do either. <laughs> right. <laughs> or read. Right. It turns right. out, uh, which is part of the fun. Um, and congratulations on your, your book launch yesterday. Um, uh, but what, what I was going to say was that I think that it's, I get more influenced by narrative structures, um, if I'm reading fiction while I'm writing fiction. So I try not to do it as much because I like to trust in my own ability Mm -hmm. to, to put together a structure um, in a timeline. Right, right. Well, that must have been fascinating for you to structure your book in terms of the order that you you chose to present. You know, yes, it is interesting. And I think um, I get a lot of the I I get a lot of people who like non-traditional structure or uh, non-linear time. Poets seem to appreciate it. People who are sort of keyed into it. more alternative structures seem to be appreciated appreciating it in particular and um i am experimenting for my next for my next book in in a more linear story and Mm. and it's fascinating i just i i feel like it's important to just keep pushing what you know and changing it up so Mm -hmm. you feel like your your writing is the freshest it can be It'll keep us. It'll keep you more engaged too. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, because it has to be fun, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Otherwise, why bother? Yep, that's exactly what I say. 
Well, this has been really, really fun talking with you, Sylvia. I feel like we could um, go out and have a glass of wine and just keep talking, except for that we're all the way across the country. <laughs> well, it would be a gem. I, I haven't been to, uh, let's, you're, you're in Michigan, I believe. I'm I in Michigan. I haven't been there, but uh, it does sound like a fabulous idea. We did that last night after the launch. <laughs> So Maybe we'll someday have, we'll get the opportunity to. I sure hope so. We'll have to take a rain check on that. Thank you so much for talking with me. Well, thank you. And I'll just note again that uh, the book I wrote that was just published was Two Breaths, One Step, Hiking Across the Himalayas. And thank you so much, Emily. And your book? My book, The Wild Birds, was out in March. <laughs>